podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ferrari. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't get away with that. That's the joke. Is that the joke? That's oh. it. No, I've already annoyed a lot of Ferrari fans. You can't get away with that. And I laughed. <laughs> well, I mean, I, if, if, if you guys hadn't laughed, I'd have done another one. A backup joke, so to speak. But, um... I... I, I... <laughs> What's the backup I don't joke? Know, I don't know Topical, what to say. tick, <laughs> relevant, tick. <laughs> Short, that way, to, For the purposes of anyone who wasn't um, listening before we started, so that's everyone bar better than me, um, yeah. Nate said uh, he was delighted with today's joke. So, um, well, are you going to do another one or shall I just score you on that? Alone? I, I can, yeah. I mean, do you want me to do that? Yes, we want another one. Okay. Because, All right. This because be I feel one. for I feel but... for Bretta having to score that otherwise. Okay. Mike's girlfriend once said, "We can work on your bladder problems together," and I said, "There is no we." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That is actually much better, isn't it? You have recovered dramatically. Redemption. So you went from taking the piss out of Ferrari to. A joke about taking the piss. Literally, yeah. yeah nice. nice. That was definitely intentional. Yeah. So. Or not wow. taking the piss, as the joke suggests. Yeah. Struggling yeah. to take the piss. Speaking of taking the piss, Lawrence, let's hear your review. Your, your score. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I loved it, so I'm going to give it a nine. No messing about. Nine. Excellent. But didn't I thought now you had a decimal point rating? Or does yes. that mean it's a 9.0? No, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, 9.0. Yeah, so. Um, so we're not we're not getting into the nitty gritties of like point one, point two stuff like no, that. No, because it was good, but it was you know you've got ten ten markings say to to improve on that, Jake. Cool, ten ten centimeters away yes. from a <laughs> ten. Okay. <laughs> what would the Ferrari joke have got? I can't possibly answer that, Chris. Like Nate has um, afforded me the opportunity the to laugh escape, said it all have it to score. So uh, yeah. I think we'll... <laughs> yeah. the laugh was very telling, that's what I'm going to say. As I'm sure they want to, shall we move on? Yes. Welcome to the Padhock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula 1 around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. Now, Lawrence had to do that without looking at the camera. I don't know why, but he was looking anywhere but at the screen. I don't know if we're going to put him off or something, but... Uh... I, I like to I like to focus. I like to try and do a professional <laughs> job on this podcast. And normally, um, I struggle to do that anyway. But then looking at you two, Jake, is, you know, it I... makes it even trickier. I'm going to I'm gonna suggest that... It In might a positive be... way. Usually I wear like a normal t-shirt of this, but I'm wearing a vest. Is that is that getting quite... Is it quite difficult to concentrate? It's a look, Nate, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a look. It is definitely a look. I just, I could have put a t-shirt on. There's literally one right next to me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep them. I'm, I'm just going to keep things fresh. I mean, things up. it's at least 15 degrees cooler than when we last did this podcast. Yeah, I should have worn this last time, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's learning. Is he? I don't think I am. No, I don't think... why am I doing this on the coldest day we've had for a few weeks? Yeah, riddle me, riddle, riddle me that one, fans of F one. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know. But what I do want to know, Nate, is what your 60 second review sounds like. If you've only got one minute to spare, wanna know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, cause we got you. Here's Nate with the 60 second review. Welcome to my review of the French Grand Prix. Here we go. Okay, three, two, one. First position was Max Verstappen because Charles Leclerc crashed out and now he's not going to win the championship. Second position was Lewis Hamilton. Third position, George Russell. Good from the Mercedes boys. I'm calling that they finish ahead of Ferrari. Who's with me? Who agrees? Anyone? Anyone? Perez, fourth position. Science in fifth, but don't say he had a bad strategy, okay? Don't say that. Just don't say it. Don't suggest it. Don't even infer it. His strategy was fantastic. It always has been. So is his car. Everything's fine at Ferrari. Everything's great. Alonso in sixth. Norris in seventh. Ocon eighth. Welcome back. Danny Rick to the points. Lance Stroll. Got to give that guy credit because I always dump on him. But there he is in tenth. Although he did try and dump on Sebastian Vettel in the final corner. We love Gasly. Alex Albon. He was 13th. Bottas 14th. Mick Schumacher. It was quite short-lived, wasn't it, Mick? Guan Yu Zhou in 16th. Nicholas Latifi, man. Why won't he be the king I know he is, the king I see inside? Bringing up the rear, uh, Kevin Magnussen, Charlotte Clerk, the aforementioned, and Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah. Wow. I there you think, go. I think you sum it up quite well. <laughs> yeah, agreed. agreed. I mean, that had everything. It had Nate singing. It had yeah. some tears while holding back the tears. Blubbering. Um, I was yeah. blubbering. <laughs> Blubbering's a good term for that. <laughs> it was, uh... And you got through the whole field as well, which was good, because I know yeah, you struggled at few, some points. A few, yeah, a few, a few races I've had to just basically get to 12th and be like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this yeah. was good because we mentioned Esteban Ocon's name at least this time. Um, yes. One day he will get a review. But... Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I don't know why that happens, but I do the review and I just forget to really review his race. When and you're the in one the I'm going to do... Fernando Alonso, though, it's it's impossible yes. to see what he's actually doing. That's true. Like Fernando Alonso is constantly just performing the greatest race of his life every weekend. <laughs> and Ocon's just having regular weekends. You know, hard to hard to stand out. Alonso was good this week, though. He was. Fair. He is. Start... Good. I mean, he is good, isn't he? He's very yeah. good. Very good driver. Start playing his games. Yeah. Wanting people to burn their tires. <laughs> it's not very environmentally friendly, but no. <laughs> if it gets you points, gets you points. There you go. Well, an interesting uh, point you brought up in the review is uh, Mercedes, you think, are going to finish ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championship. It's very bold, but I'm a bold man. So, Well, <laughs> given on the last podcast, I said that Ferrari have already won the World Championship, but I've yeah. just piped right down and uh, this doesn't sound outlandish at all. I mean, we've gone from one extreme to the other. <laughs> I just think, right, Mercedes are making slow progress forward. Ferrari, everything, they, they seem to keep getting things wrong. Or their drivers keep making mistakes. The science was making mistakes earlier in the year. The clerk's made two now. I don't know, but Mercedes are just every race. They're just finishing. They're like maximizing what they can do, right? And I think later into the season you get. I think I don't know. I just I, it's, there's, it's obviously a big. It's a big call, lads. It's a big call. I've gone big, but I'm sticking with it. I admire it. We like big calls on here. Do you think it's, do you think it's a ridiculous call, Madis? You look like you do. No, actually, I, like, I I don't think it'll happen. But when we've got this far into the season where Ferrari have had a much, much quicker car than Mercedes mm. and it feels like Mercedes are only getting that bit closer to that pace, yeah. slowly, um, but then I guess you can't rule it out. Mm. And yeah, Ferrari should be miles clear, really, of, of Mercedes at least, shouldn't they? Not not Red Bull. I think it should be really close, but they're yeah. not. So, And just I just don't think the Tifosi are going to be ready for it right now. 
No. That's our prediction. No, I don't. Well, it's been a tough episode for the Tifosi, hasn't it? I made the joke <laughs> at the beginning. I then did that. Um, but I, I mean, I do. I am. I am upset that Charles Leclerc crashed out. It made me very sad because that kind of ruined the championship. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, because if he'd won that race, I mean, what that that's then he's within twenty five points again, isn't he? If he'd won and Max had been second, or no, but it was it was thirty. Or was it 38? Uh, eight beforehand? 38, yeah, sorry. So he's, I mean, he's, but then 31. he's so close to that margin of error, isn't he? Then, you know, all that Max needs is one bad race and Charles right back up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there is still is half lot. the season to go, boys. Like, half the season. True. But I think what you're doing at this point in the season is you're basically just like, you're putting credit in the bank, aren't you? You're like, you're giving yourself a buffer for when things go wrong. And, I think Ferrari are more prone to that. I know Red Bull, you know, Red Bull have been pretty solid, but like when they've had bad weekends, they've still done pretty well to maximise things. I think. Was Ferrari just when when something goes wrong? Ferrari it really seems to. I don't know what it is. It just you know everything seems to un, unfold in a big way. Um, and so yeah, so they've got to be perfect from this point to the end of the season, and hope Red Bull aren't. I don't know. I just think that's a big call. It's a big, it's a big ask, isn't it? So that's essentially what I wrote in an article yesterday. Uh, about Leclerc and Ferrari and, and said that the likes of Verstappen and Hamilton when going for titles are great. Like, they've proven themselves as, as greats. Like, they, they barely make... Like, they don't make yeah. individual errors like that... Or they very rarely make individual errors that are really costly. They sometimes make them fighting each other, like, you know, take each other out, whatever. They sometimes make them when really going for that last big result, but all they do is end up second instead. Um and their teams very rarely make massively costly mistakes as well. And what they what they do is like Red Bull, as you pointed out, just pick up big points each time. When they're not quickest, they finish second, um, or they even win because they pick up the pieces from Ferrari. Same with Merck this year; they're nowhere near quickest, and they're constantly picking up big points. Ferrari keeps throwing away opportunity to score big points, even if you ignore the reliability a bit. You could say that's two two Red Bull and Ferrari. Yeah. Um, but then I said, and Charles has done the same, like. There's been. I didn't really have a go at him for Imola. I didn't. I didn't. Don't mind that one. He was chasing Checo, and it was close. Like for there was a carrot there that was being dangled that was genuinely right in front of him, and you can kind of undersee understand how that comes about. But when you're leading the race and the strategies come towards you a bit more, and you've done everything right up to then, and then you push that bit too far that takes you out of the race. Um, I said that I basically put Leclerc and Ferrari right now in this fight in the at the very good bracket, and they're up against Verstappen and Red Bull who are in the great bracket. Uh, and I said the same with Merck, really. Apparently my microphone's moving around. So that was my um, kind of uh, two pence for it. I got absolutely slammed for it. Um, the wow. t- the really? Tifosi are not happy. Yeah, I got absolutely hammered um, because they're saying that, well, you know what people like to do? They like to, uh, they share an article that they've seen the headline of on Twitter make their mind up of what it says or some read it and take it the way they want to take it and then people then just see the tweet reply and use that to judge what the article says and give their own opinion that they hate it because you're saying that the clerk is shit and that lewis and max never ever ever make a single mistake ever Mm. um which is not what the article said at all so um yeah ferrari do need to it's not that they can't afford a mistake every now and then same with the clerk they just need to move away like what shows the level they're at is that you think it might be in there for both. To be honest, you think it's more likely for Ferrari rather than Charles. 
but you still just feel that that is is there somewhere that small or big that there's a, a little error in there regardless of the situation whereas you just don't feel that with max and lewis even when they do make one it comes out of the blue whereas yeah with with ferrari and char you kind of go like oh no like you're just waiting for it aren't you you're like where's it gonna little, be yeah and yeah. it's not all the time any stretch but it's just enough and um do you know i got told this stat by andrew benson today um who said the bbc did a bit of research and i need to verify it but this is 51 percent facts do you know the last time a driver crashed out of the lead of a Grand Prix, crashed out of the lead of a Grand Prix in the dry. Oh, in the dry? Because Vettel's wasn't in the yeah, dry. Vettel's it was dry Germany, in. wasn't no, it? It yeah. was wet, yeah. Yeah. In the dry. Um, was it Kimi when he when his tyre went in 05? Uh, well, no. Or is this, unforced, is this an yeah, unforced, unforced mistake? Error. Is that, right, sorry. Right, right, right. Um I don't know. I can't think of it. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a really big and obvious Can we get one. a year first before you give the answer? Well, yeah. So, I mean, the year is actually what makes this such a damning thing. Although yeah. I am just looking for the um, result to know. And I actually can't now prove it. Hmm. Well, it... Be- because it doesn't seem... This must have been... Maybe this was incorrect. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem. I want to make sure I've, I don't say this and then be like, actually, that this was literally wrong. was... Yeah. yeah, it might well be at this rate. Um, so I was told that it was Fernando Alonso in Canada in either 2004 or 2005. Okay. Now, I'm yet to actually see... That is Andrew Benson, who loves Fernando. So yeah, so that's why I believed driver. it. Yeah. Because I was like, surely he wouldn't say that Fernando did something wrong when he... Um, when he actually didn't, uh, but yeah, Fernando Alonso, two thousand five. Well, it says suspension, but maybe he. Yeah, that's out. the bit that I'm just trying to check because I can't remember it. But the Other point being, it. it's been this a long great time, radio, basically. The, yeah, the point being, it's been a long time. Um, I think that was what was what was so crazy about it because I think the only I was I was thinking because uh, I saw some of the comments you got, Madison, and people were saying because I I put a tweet out and they said, "Oh, Max and Lewis make mistakes," but I was like. You think back about it, Max. Max's one big mistake last year was qualifying in Saudi when he was already second, had that amazing lap, and he just pushed it. Sorry, yeah, third, second or third. I can't remember which one it was. Incredible yeah, lap, quality. yeah, and like was so close to like one of the great laps ever, and then just pushed a bit too hard at the end. And you know, ultimately that race was really close with him and Lewis anyway. But I don't know how much it cost him. Lewis's biggest one was Imola. You know, when he slid off. And in that instance, Lewis did get really lucky. Like things really came together for him really well. But that was so. I remember at the time being like, "Wow, we never see that." And that was one of the first races where I think Lewis realised just how much Max was going to fight him for the championship. So I think he was a bit rattled. He was kind of he was chasing Max a lot in that race. Other than that, you can't think of any big ones that come out. But yeah, like you said, they've definitely not just crashed out of the lead of a race unforced, unprompted. That was it. So it's risk reward as well. So Max had not a lot to lose he was trying to he wasn't the quickest car on qualifying trim but was trying to put it together to get ahead of lewis at the penultimate round and already had third place on the grid so nearly did put the lap together to snatch pole um it was and it was seeing i remember ricardo and alonso's reactions watching that live they were stunned with the lap it was putting together so that was overdriving going beyond the limit but at a point where the risk reward factor was well the worst that happens is you start from third and he very nearly won that race anyway yeah. he was leading it till very late 
Then you had, yeah, you're right with Imola. But also, I feel like Lewis was, in a sense, unlucky. It took him so long to get out of the gravel and, you know, he damaged his front wing, hadn't he? But That's he went right. a whole lap down because it was really difficult to get out of. But he got out, stayed in the race, in a chaotic race, and it came back to him. Like, as, as much as there was luck involved, making a mistake that doesn't take you out of a race is a much smaller mistake. Um, Max did it when he went off in Spain, like ran through the gravel, carried on, because he didn't completely lose control and hit the wall. He, he you know, had um, struggled with some wind and, and managed to get back on track. That's what I mean. It's not that they're perfect. Lord struggled with wind. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the child in me found that very funny. Yeah, Max it's not that they're, it's not that they're perfect wind. by any stretch. It's just that Charles now needs to, you know, if he's if he can rein it back by a tiny margin and, you know, if those mistakes are going to happen, they're not going to be ones that take him out of a race, then that's kind of the level. It's just more the level he's got to compete with is, is the point. And it is his first proper title battle and it is, you know, he's got the potential to become great. It's just saying right now, this is where the difference is between those drivers. Yeah, I think, as you said, it's on the topic of it being his first championship battle. I think he's also lacking confidence a little bit in everything, possibly in himself. But I think to an extent in his team, like I appreciate he was under not much pressure when he made that mistake in that race. But he's obviously in the back of his mind got, well, we've made strategy errors this year. You know, have Red Bull done us again? You know, in this, in the way that Red Bull and Max, Max will have complete faith in Red Bull and Lewis will have complete faith in Mercedes that, like something's not going to go wrong whereas i imagine the ferrari drivers at the moment are probably feeling like they need to do a bit extra it's mm. um, a really good point to to do to it and and that might be meadows where you were just talking about small margins that is what the difference is the difference is he's probably just pushed that a little bit too much because he's having to do that and that's made that mistake I, you know i don't know exactly why he smiled of course i don't know why he made the mistake but if we're trying to analyze this i just think that that's i think there's too much on his shoulders at the minute yeah, I, I said exactly the same in the sense of I, I put sort of gap um, that's in the championship now. I was like, you can kind of cancel out roughly um, two DNS for Max when Charles was going to win the race or maybe Bahrain, Max would have had a chance of winning it. Two for Charles when he was definitely going to win or very likely to win one in Spain. Not sure about Baku, but could well have won it because he was leading. But strategy-wise, it looked like Max had it uh, a bit better. So cancel those out. Then the gaps that are left, I said it's half of the points have got to go down to Ferrari and their terrible strategies, which then does put pressure on Charles to deliver more. But then, you know, there's been times when Lewis has had to deliver from behind in the points last year, or Max had to kind of deal with the pressure of Lewis coming back at him and that sort of thing. And they just, they don't make a mistake of that size when that happens. That was all. But, uh, and I did check, it was 2005, you're right, with Alonso. He hit the wall and, and broke his suspension when leading. At turn four in Canada, so yeah, seventeen like years apparently. That. Um, since yeah, and I mean that's I mean crashed out, and that's interesting, is it? Because that's the start of Alonso's first championship winning year. So that was before he, you know, kind of had established himself as a champ. Um, but you wonder, maybe that was a big moment in his in that season for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> Lawrence is right on the Ferrari point, not having faith. I, I found it amazing the radio messages that we heard from Science. I know the big one was him being told to pit when he was battling Perez. I don't. I think that was probably played out of out of sync because I doubt I, I can't believe they were telling him that as he was going wheel to wheel with nah. Perez. He couldn't have been like they must have known what was going on. But the one that was amazing to me was when they were like, you've got a stop go penalty. And he's like, no, 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 it's not stop go, is it? It's like, again, easy slip of the slip of the tongue. But I think it just sums up that like that feeling that at Ferrari, like everything's just a little bit chaotic. And I, I want to see their plan book Now every race. They're like plan F, 
plan F, <laughs> plan G. You're like, how many of these plans you discuss before the race? Like, I don't think, like, Mercedes and Red Bull, again, to go back to them, like, they only ever seem to have one or two plans. Like, right, we're going on to the alternate strategy now. The one, you know, the other one we talked about. Let's, let's nail it. It's like, I've got two things, like, whatever they do, we do this one, or we do that one. I don't know if Ferrari just overthink it or if they're trying to, you know, trying to be too smart. I don't know. It's just all very strange. Um, but yeah, that that whole that whole race just seemed to me to be like, this is what supporting Ferrari has been like for for the past like five years. Yeah, Pretty grim. It, it was it was painful, but it's um I think Charles uh, sorry Carlos did a really good job in that race in the end. A dealing with that, and B you're right with the uh, with the call, which was I think it was probably on the back straight, just like when he was putting pressure on Checker, yeah. and that's why it's like yeah, not yeah. now. Um, because yeah, there's absolute. The thing is, the way it was played out, he was passing the pit entry. There's no way he was being told at that point to come. Yeah, in. It, it would too, have been too late too to late. make the call anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah they wouldn't so, have done it. So um, it is just the way they're played out, and I think it's a bit too. Yeah, people need to remember that. But the um, the way he drove was actually really impressive. I thought, and that's one where I actually do give Ferrari actually a bit more credit, in the sense of he was he got himself up to third, but on those mediums was going to be tough to make the end. Certainly tough to make the end at good pace. Even tougher to pull five seconds clear of both Checo and George behind him and mm. stay five seconds clear. So, I mean, there was 10 laps left. He would have had to take half a second a lap out of both of them on tyres that were already like at risk. Merck had said to, the, to George, hadn't they? We think he'll come back to us now uh, a few laps before. So if that looked like that was going to happen, they were going to end up fifth anyway because of his penalty. Um, so then by pitting him, giving him fresh tyres they got the fastest lap he got back to fifth so that kind of it was like a conservative strategy that meant all right our worst case scenario is much less bad really right now but yeah that could as well we had the vsc i mean if there had been if he'd got himself up to fifth and there'd been a safety car um with fresh rubber he might have gained a place or two or would have just been back in that race again so i don't actually think that was the worst decision ever i think it's just the way it sounded with the timing is what got people yeah irate but that's more the sort of decision i think they need to be making where it's you know don't overreach chasing an extra three points that could cost us 10 when we can guarantee 10 or whatever. Um, well, that's how they should have been playing it this year because they had the car to do it. All right, let's leave Ferrari alone for a little bit and hear some more <laughs> positive notes, hopefully for Meadows about what life was like at the Grand Prix. Cause obviously of the three of us, mate, you were only the, the only one who was there. I was, uh, and it was really sad because Ferrari was so bad. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're right. I don't want to pile on with Ferrari too much. It's just disappointing because it feels like an epic championship slipping away a little right now again. Uh, but France was okay. Uh, we had some fun. The Thursday was interesting because Mercedes put on a lovely barbecue for everyone and um, for everyone being media. Uh, and but we are everyone, right? Yeah, exactly. We, <laughs> nobody else. We, nobody no else one exists. else exists. Like. Um, and it was on the top of their motorhome, so we're upstairs, and got there and I just grabbed a beer. Even though I was planning on running the track afterwards, oh. I would have run it before, but it's what 37 kind of fuel degrees. is that, Meadows? I know. Beer. Well, it's a barbecue as well, so it gets worse. Oh. Um, but I've st- stood there having a beer, and this sliding door opens while we're all still chatting outside, and Lewis sticks his head out, and the look on his face when he's looking back at me, I'm like, is he about to tell us to be quiet? Like what's going on here and i kind of was looking at him like half frowning a bit like what have we done uh and i could tell it kind of confused him he, he waited for a second i was like just wanted to say enjoy your barbecue everyone because i think he was kind of like why is this guy looking at me so weirdly but i was like what have we done that's going to piss lewis off um and yeah he was really he, he came and said hello to everyone and 
said enjoy the food and ran away as quickly as he could. Um, but that was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, so then we had a lovely uh, barbecue. There was some beautiful steak. So ate some steak and had a beer and ate some other meat stuff. So basically terrible fuel. And then went and got changed around the track. I don't understand. And it actually yeah, went quite well. I don't, I don't understand either, mate. That's very silly, silly decision-making all around. Yeah. No, what, that okay. I mean, um, it's spec decision-making, but I still <laughs> yeah. don't agree with it. Yeah, I feel like that's a key <laughs> That's a key bit of information, isn't it? Medispec. I like that. That's Medispec. <laughs> Ambitious, but rubbish. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, actually, it went my, fine. My review from my last girlfriend. Ambitious, but rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like doing that joke. It always, it always makes, always just makes a groan. It. Yeah, um, yeah. So did that. Lawrence Edmondson ran as well. I think he struggled more with the indigestion than I did. Uh, but we did nearly lose all of our gear because it was getting late and the media center got closed, and I had to drag all of our stuff out, um, like run up and down the stairs and pull it all out quickly before they locked it, and then just wait downstairs for him to return. So we got that done. Uh, I stayed in an Airbnb that was roasting hot in a child's size bed that was massively uncomfortable. So I barely slept all week. But Friday night was fun. We had uh, W Series drinks and dinner and had a good laugh there with Catherine Bommure and the team. That was um, that was good fun. And then Saturday night was the big one that I know you've all been waiting for. <laughs> it was Nate's favourite topic, karting debrief. Round two oh, of the Alpine... God. Band of Racers Karting Championship. And I'll keep it brief because... I wonder I why you're going to well. keep it brief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was good fun. I finished 10th uh, on the road, 6th in the points-paying positions. Um, they paid I've... you? Yes, they paid me in points. Uh, track's all right there. It wasn't great, to be honest. Um, Here we go. And so no, it, it was, starts. It was, uh, it was all pretty fine it was one of those where you just kind of get in like what was definitely better was there weren't the huge differences in go-karts that there were in Bahrain so um people that won weren't in a cart that was five seconds quicker than people that lost sort of thing um so that was much better but there were some fun people taking part Christian Albers got involved uh Oscar Piastri raced again with us and came through from the back to finish second Stephanie Cox won by an absolute country mile um because she is rapid and a professional racing driver but she did race in Bahrain and didn't win because she had a bad cart, to be fair. Uh, we had the French Stig, uh, who I beat, so I was happy with that. Uh, is, he, is he called, like, Le Stig? Like, what's what's French for Stig? I don't actually know. Le I believe, Stig. Uh, maybe Stig's a French word. Le Stig? Le, le Stig? I don't know. Le Stig. Please, French listeners, please let us know what the Stig is in French. <laughs> and don't <laughs> take offence at Nate's accent. Sorry. I think that was a very good accent, actually. Oh, don't make it did. worse, Nate. <laughs> Any French Ferrari fans listening to this, I apologise. <laughs> yeah. And sincerely. Monogascons. Oh. God, yeah. So, um, uh, Meadows, where are you in the standings? Because obviously I there's a big s- prize at stake here. I, I, there is a big prize at stake of driving a, an old Formula 1 car at Paul Ricard of all places. Uh, I am second in the standings. Oh. Two points behind Stephanie, who now leads. And I won't lie. I think it's very unlikely unless Stephanie doesn't show up for a round or gets a duff cart at some stage. I mean, she's a full on class above, like different league, proper, actually proper driver, like knows what she's doing. So uh, she's going to be very difficult to beat. But yeah, I'm second on countback. So on level on points with Philip Horton, um, friend of the pod, who finished second in that race and was very quick. Uh, third on the road, but second when you take Oscar out of the equation. 
Um, and yeah, so we're level on points, but because I've got to win, I'm ahead of him. That's what we're saying. So it's tense, and the next round's in Spa, so everyone can look forward to the next debrief then. Lucky you, Nick. Great. I'm excited. (laughs) Kind of. But the good news is, Nate, that you're returning to the Formula 1 paddock. That is good news. I'm returning to the Formula 1 paddock. And that's the even better news. We'll be in the same country. Well, that's okay news. Oh no, uh, Medis has held his finger up. I'm doubting it. What are you doubting? I'm doubting it because we've got uh, Lawrence, who has the season is finally catching up with you. Oh, so don't you mean because I feel tired and not very well? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not COVID, but no, it's not COVID. But um, yeah, that doesn't mean that you feel great. Uh, and Nate, you're like me, flying BA. Yeah, which is. <laughs> Which is like playing Russian roulette at the moment, isn't it? Um, yeah, I my flight to Marseille was cancelled four hours before it left, or to Nice, sorry, but for the French GP, uh, I was meant to leave Wednesday evening, and it got cancelled, so I had to get everything rebooked. Got there in the end, but massive stress and extra cost. That couldn't uh, have been a very Nice email to have received from BA. It was not, and that was a pun that lots of people sent me on Instagram. So thank nice. you for, <laughs> nice. for being very unoriginal. <laughs> um, and another friend of ours, Lewis Larkham, had the same. His flight back from Nice cancelled yesterday yeah. when he was at the airport ready to board it. So that went well. Uh, so, yeah, that's travelling in this day and age. Tiny violins out, everybody. is tricky when you're doing it regularly. You're going to... There's so many issues at the moment that you're going to face them pretty much every week. So if if anyone listening is going on holiday, good luck. Uh, and if anyone listening just doesn't care about our woes, then we'll <laughs> shut up. Well, hopefully, hopefully we will all make it there successfully. Um, hopefully, Nate will have done enough washing that he doesn't have to wear a vest. To the <laughs> no, yeah, vest, vest won't make another appearance, don't worry, <laughs> um, And hopefully, we'll be in for a good race weekend. What are you most looking forward to? Seeing you two. Ah, uh... oh, was my answer. Um, I always really enjoy Budapest. It's a very fun city. Track's pretty fun as well. I quite like it. Like it's um, And it's meant to rain at the weekend. So mm. and last year, the yeah, quite heavy rain insane, on Saturday, it? I think I saw, and possibly Sunday as well. Yeah, so that could be quite good fun. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is one of my favourite races of the year. When people ask me, I just say Budapest is always really nice. Like we always have a good time. You go for drinks, nice place to be. Someone's alarms going off. Is there an yeah, alarm? there's yeah. a car alarm outside my house. So um, well, goodbye. Wowzers. <laughs> Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, Medis' car is just being stolen. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it a lot. What about you guys? What about you, Lawrence? Yeah, I love the city. I think it's great. Um, the track, um, I'd be honest, when I first used to go there, I, it was at that period of time when the racing wasn't actually that good. And then I'd probably say in the last six, seven years, we've actually got some good racing out of it. So I'm interested to see how these new wider cars, bigger cars um, will go around there. But I think it should be quite a good race. Everyone seems to be saying, from what the drivers are saying, Ferrari are going to be very strong there, mm. which means we've jinxed them and yeah. they're not going to be. But um, yeah, let's see. It's uh, We could probably do with a good Ferrari result before we oh, head into the summer break, right? We absolutely need Ferrari to finish ahead of Max. So we need the one too, really, don't we, to just give everyone hope heading into yeah. the break. That's what Bonotto's targeted, isn't it, as well? He actually said on Sunday night, he's like, the aim isn't to go there and win. The aim is to go there and finish 1-2, which is the first time I think anyone's said that in a long time because they normally try not to put too much pressure on themselves. But I think that shows both Ferrari confidence and an acceptance that they need to start doing that. So, um, 
yeah, that would be the ideal result, really. Yeah, yeah you don't want to miss, uh, wish misfortune on anyone else. So we won't say Max failing to finish would help too, but it would. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a Ferrari one too at the at the very minimum. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It will be fun. And Budapest is a great city, like Nate says. Like I think we might maybe try and meet up for a beverage at some point just because... A beverage at an F1 race? <laughs> I know. wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just maybe. Well, maybe it's because we're going to go off on our summer holidays after that. So you know, I'll, I'll miss you guys. So it will just be a little goodbye for a month. Um, I was just checking. Fry have only had one one two this year, and that was in the first race. Yeah, thanks to Max retiring. Crikey! Indeed. Wow! Crikey! So there, there we go. Red Bull have had three. Ah, oh, see, I knew Meadows would have all the stats. But don't forget, should, should last year. And... Red Bull and Mercedes both failed to get a one-two. It was so tight. McLaren got one. What does it mean? What does it all mean? Nothing. It means watch, <laughs> watch the racing. It means, means Meadows has just called it McLaren to win <laughs> in Hungary. That is one the two. most outlandish thing that's been said on this podcast, and that takes some doing. Wow. Maybe yeah, that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap myself on that. I think that's <laughs> that's as outlandish as it's gonna get. Well, before we go, I reckon we've got time for a couple of reviews, Meadows. We have, uh, because the first one of these basically sums up our podcast perfectly, because uh, it's five stars from Yossi Israeli in Israel. So thank you, Yossi. Uh, says, joke plus 60 second review plus BS podcast. Uh, but it's still a five star review, so I'm fine with that. Uh, finally figured out this pod. 80% review reading. I mean, it would be, but we've just backloaded it now. 10% joke rating, 10% F1 related BS. And yet I never miss an episode, so maybe this is what I need. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll take that. Then we move to the United States of America and Dustin Dankenbring, who gives us five stars from the country with 50 stars on its flag. <laughs> I have nice. a love-hate relationship with this podcast. I love Nate's humour, Lawrence's laugh and overall kindness, and Medlin's ability to almost keep things from falling apart each episode. <laughs> I hate when the podcast is over and I have to wait a week to get more. I might oh, be addicted. That's nice. that's what, was that, what was that guy's name? Dustin Dankenbring. That's a five-star name for me. <laughs> yeah. Ten out of ten. Ten uh, out of ten name. Five, five stars. Fantastic. And good review. Thank you, mate. All, all round strong work. And then the other one's from Digit975, also from the US of A. Uh, five stars. It says, do you like good jokes and F1 deep dives? Question mark. That's the title. Are you a fan of witty banter and in-depth discussions and analysis of the inner workings, the most technical sport on earth? Yes. Well, this is certainly not the show for you. Oh. Pad Hock and tells two and a half men discussing what they had for breakfast, weather, travel reviews, beer, and so on. Very seldom occasion a brief reference of a race happening at some point. That said, this show is fantastic and is the right show for anyone, despite one of the hosts having an extremely questionable taste in shoes. Ah... Oh. Nothing wrong with my taste in shoes. <laughs> I was going to say, kick a man when he's down. Poor Lawrence feeling under the weather. And then, are there new shoes for Budapest? No, no new shoes for Budapest. No. I'm trying not to bring new pairs to every race um, and trying to operate within a budget cap. Good. So, Too that, you know, I'll try and be sustainable, you know, that kind of thing. There'll I've be got... new shoes for Zandvoort. That'll be the next lot. Ooh, are they orange? They are black and orange, yeah. Ooh, interesting. They're not, like, they haven't fully been designed yet, but um, they will be. They'll be fully been ready. designed yet. Yeah, are they like cool in a lab that? somewhere? They are. Uh, we've gone through a few drafts and uh, of designs, and almost there, I think, before we will put paint to shoe. 
this is amazing. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I mean, I cannot believe these are real conversations. I love it. I absolutely love it. Baz. It's fantastic. It's a whole new world. And uh, I love wow. it. It's great. Well, I mean, I can't. I've got nothing. I mean, I've got, I've got a vest on. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why I'm... That's, that's my fashion. That's my fashion in a nutshell. Lawrence is designing shoes in a lab. And I'm sat here in shorts and a vest on an 18-degree day. What's wrong with me? I've got new shoes. Hey. But, but they're off the shelf. And essentially, so there's some Adidas Stan Smiths because I love them. But what's happened is when I got them out of the box and showed Jess, I said I'm nothing if not predictable. But they, I, I've got already a white pair with like a navy blue back to them. And I've got like a cream and white pair um, that have like a brown suede back to them. And these ones are like a cream and white pair with a navy blue back to them. So essentially, I've just combined what were existing two pairs that I already have. Wow. Um, I mean, they're starting to wear out a little bit and get a bit tatty, the other ones. But yeah, they're, they're, they obviously caught my eye because they're pretty much what I always buy. Nothing so... wrong with consistency. No. no. Hear that, Ferrari? and on that bombshell i'm gonna call it quits uh thanks very much chaps as ever and thanks to everyone who sent in reviews uh listened and always gets to uh gets comments to us uh, via our social media at the pad hop you can read nate's work on espn.com medicine's work on racer.com and my work on f1.com and we'll do this again very very soon bye Network.